who does not want to have a fulfilling sex life? Right. Everybody wants that, right? Even mom and daddy and Even grandmama. Mom, I mean, that's how we got here. I don't think there's anything wrong with praying and going to church um, and believing that there's a higher power. But I think that you have to realize you can't pray away trauma. Let's bring back love. Yeah. You know? Let's bring back respecting each other. Let's bring back having communication. Make love great again. Exactly. Peace and blessings, people. Welcome back to the channel once again. We talk all things health and healing from a holistic perspective, and today will be no different. Actually, today is going to be a little bit different because... We're going to talk about sex, baby. We're going to talk about you and... Okay, so our next guest today, Dr. Natalia Fuller, a.k.a. Dr. Canary. We'll explain that in just a second. She holds an undergraduate degree in psychology and also a minor in neuroscience and theater, a master's in children and adolescent counseling and sex education, a medical degree in psychiatry, from Washington University Health and Science, and she's also a certified as a sex therapist. Her philosophy is our sexuality is at the core of our human identity. Dr. Natalia Fuller, a psychiatrist and certified sex therapist and owner of Mind Body Sex. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've been watching your show for forever, so to be on here and to be a guest, it feels so surreal. Thank you so much. I'm excited because this is a com this isn't not a conversation that I've had. Really? No, 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 no. You know, I talk around the importance of men improving their testosterone for the benefits of improving libido and improving their performance in the bedroom mm -hmm. and also things around women, but we're talking around it around dysfunction only. Yes. Yeah. So now we're talking about it in a, a therapeutic way differently. So I'm really excited about this conversation because this is what you do. Yes. This you is know, uh, but before we get started, what did this name, <laughs> Dr. Canary, comes, comes from? Oh, my God. Okay. Just to talk, short story. Um, what happened was when I became a physician, the first company that hired me right out of my fellowship was a pharmaceutical industry. Okay. And we worked with serial killers and murderers. Wow. Um, so pretty much that was the population that I started off working with and gaining experience with. I was a psychiatrist um, at different jails um, and different inpatient psychiatric facilities that wow. would house uh, these clients. And um, what happened was I had a couple stalker situations. And so my boss at the time was like, hey, listen. I mean, literally like had someone follow me home one time. Got you. Um, and so my boss was like, listen, this is really dangerous, you know, and there's not a lot of women in that field um, at that point in time. I think I was the only black woman working in the inpatient facility, inpatient, outpatient. Okay. And so- In you the know, prisons. In the prison. Yes. Well, this actually wasn't even in the prison. They were prisoners technically, but they would send them to us for treatment. Ah, and then me. they would go back. Makes sense. Yes. Um, for their treatment and everything like that. And so- um, the stalker situations happened more so from the people that were the outpatient, like inpatient, okay. outpatient. They gotcha. would come for a couple of days and then be able to leave. Fall in love with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know why, but, <laughs> um, and so it just became dangerous. And so they asked me to change my name on social media. Yeah, and so right. for so long it's been Dr. Canary, but now that I'm a full-time entrepreneur, it's getting ready to change to Dr. Fuller, which feels so good. And congratulations Thank on you that. so much. 
gosh, thank yeah, you so yeah. much. You know, one of the things I want to, I love the name of your company, uh, Mind, Body, Sex. And the reason why I love it, because it seems like most people quickly identify with their minds, yes. their thoughts, and their memories, but are more disconnected from their bodies. And in many ways, we've been taught to reject our bodies and to kind of label the flesh as wicked. And so, but can you explain a little bit why it's so important for us to have that mind-body connection? Absolutely. So I talk about this a lot. You know, sexuality, like you mentioned, is at the core, right? And that's one of the models that I have. Um, and I feel like it's so important. The reason why I named my company Mind Body Sex is because it's all interconnected, yeah. right? And so a lot of what we like in the bedroom, a lot of who, who we are in our core has to do with how we grew up, yeah. has to do with our culture, has to do with religion. Yep. Even if we have trauma, don't have trauma, which we all have trauma to some extent on right. different levels. Um, and so that's why I feel like it's so important because people like to compartmentalize. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're having sex in the bedroom, which a lot of men and women that come to me, they're having some sort of dysfunction in the bedroom, they're not even thinking that, oh, it's because I'm stressed at work. Oh, it's because I'm a new mom or a new dad. Yeah. Oh, it's because I have, um, I just hit menopause. Yeah. You know, or for the men, you know, they're having anxiety or they're dealing with depression. Yeah. They think that that has nothing to do with how the rest of their body is functioning. Yeah. And even what you talk about, a lot of health concerns yeah. and health issues that we have, especially in our community, yeah. has a lot to do with your performance in the bedroom. Yep. And you know, the the, the one thing I'll, I'll talk about for men is that one of the epiphanies that I've had you know, in the bedroom is that a lot of times you're in your mind so much. And when you're in your mind, you can't get in your body. Exactly. And if you can't connect with your body, how can your partner connect with your body? Exactly. And exactly. so that's when one of the enlightenments that I've gotten, you know, just trying to be more present. And that's hard. That's very hard, hard. for anyone to practice that. We call it relational mind, not mindfulness. I got you. When you're in a relationship and you're trying to be present right yeah. there with your partner. Right. And it's like, I, I liken it to dancing. Mm -hmm. You can learn the steps of a dance. Yes. But if you're just in your mind, you're like, one, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. It's going to look like one, two, three, go. Mm -hmm. But when you get into your body, it's an ebb and flow. And that that for me, that's what sexuality and the experience with a partner in the bedroom should be. It should exactly. be this ebb and flow. It should and be. Forth. And you know, and that's why people come to sex therapists. Yes. Because it they realize after being in a relationship for so many years, it becomes very mechanical. Yeah. You know, oh, we have sex right after the kids go to sleep. Well, spice it up. Yeah. You know, if you're really, really busy and you have a hectic schedule, schedule sex, which I tell people all the time. I know it sounds boring, but when you're really busy, you have to make it priority. You have yeah. to make intimacy, foreplay, sex a priority. Okay, and you it. want to have, you also want to learn to be spontaneous. Gotcha. So you want to learn to switch it up. Play some roles. Yeah, and exactly. Role playing is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meet, meet me at the gym. I'm right. going to come stretch you out. <laughs> right. But you know what? That adds to it. And people, you know, they think it's so silly, but then when they do it, they're like, oh, you were right. Like, yeah. I'm having fun because if you're with somebody, if you're married to somebody and you're with them for 20, 30 years, 
like anything in a relationship, it's going to start to get dull. Yeah. It's going to start to feel like a routine. And what do we hate as human beings? We like a routine, but we don't like a routine, right? Especially we don't like it. Sex. We definitely don't like it in our relationships. Exactly. Because then, it, oh, he's not fun anymore. She's not fun anymore. And then that's when you get into cheating and side chicks and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know poly relationships and all type of things. Gotcha, gotcha. So how do we get out of our minds and get into our bodies so we can be in that flow and not only fully experience sex from our position, but also get our partners to experience us as well to evolve a deeper connection. So if we're going to start with the mind first, we want to think about what's going on with us, right? And so for a lot of women and men, for what I've seen is stress and depression and anxiety is a huge thing right now. Gotcha. You know, especially during the pandemic, everyone was dealing with depression. But what studies actually showed that people that were living together at the time and were still... Um, being active with their sex lives yeah. had significantly lower percentage of depression than everybody else in the U.S. Gotcha, gotcha. And so I tell people, you know, start with your mind first. Do check-ins with yourself. Yeah. Then do check-ins with your partner. See where they are at mentally. Gotcha. See how you all can make each other's lives easily. You know, babe, if I can take care of the kids or I can do the dishes, why not do that for your partner? So that's one less thing off of their checklist that they have to do. Gotcha, gotcha. And then you want to check in with your body. I have so many clients now that I'm seeing in their 30s, early 30s, yeah. and early 40s that are dealing with erectile dysfunction. Yeah. And diet is everything. And you've talked about this on your show before. You've even broken it down to vitamins and fruits and things that people should use. Yeah. Um, but people, for some reason, they're like, oh, that's not fast and it's not easy. Right. I'd rather just go to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or something and grab something really quickly. Yeah. Well, that's a part of what's affecting your body. Absolutely. Not knowing what type of drugs you're using. I'm not going to get into if marijuana is good or bad, but what I will say is, do you know the source of where you're getting it from, right? Indeed. And so even your alcohol, tequila is actually good for you. But then when you start mixing tequila with Sprite, with um, all the sugars, refined sugars and everything like that, then you're going to start to have issues in the bedroom. Gotcha. So that's why I tell people, connect all three, and then you'll realize like, okay, what what am I doing wrong here? Yeah. Where Where's the dots not connecting at? Yeah. And so how can we... How can we begin to demystify and remove the demonization of sex? And the reason why I'm asking that is because we've always been taught that it's taboo. Right, right. Um, Everybody's having it. Yeah. Don't get, <laughs> don't get caught doing it. Right. Don't make too much noise. Mm -hmm. um, people are afraid to be naked, and that's one thing that... I sleep naked. I've been sleeping naked for like the last That's eight healthy. years. That's healthy for And you. a lot of people are uncomfortable with their bodies, so they mm -hmm. can't even be naked with themselves. So what can we do to start to demystify and remove the demonization of sexuality so that we can have a full experience with the people we love? So one of the things I would say is you're going to have to start where your thoughts, your core values and thoughts on sexuality come from, right? Gotcha. So like in my family, I come from a very religious family, very mixed in religion. A lot of, uh, we have Muslim, we have Buddhist, we have Jewish, um, Christianity, but I grew up, you know, between Islam and Christianity. Gotcha. And so I grew up saying, oh, you know, you should be a virgin until you get married. Yeah. Um, which is great. It sounds good, right? But does that typically happen? No. With a lot of people, it doesn't happen. So then when you do start having experiences and sexual encounters, you feel shameful about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so your self-esteem gets kind of low because then you feel like, okay, well, I'm not pleasing him in the bedroom. I'm just standing there or laying down. Um, and even for men, I've heard men, you know, say that they felt um, they felt some kind of way after they would have certain sexual experiences because they felt dirty. They yeah. felt like, oh, you know, as a man, I should feel empowered, but I don't because this is what I was taught, you okay, know, especially gotcha. if you grew up in the church and things like that. Yeah. So how you dismantle that is one, you have to look up your upbringing, right? But you have to decide for yourself, what are your own core values? Gotcha. What do you want for yourself? How do you see your your life being as far as your sexual appetite? Right. And so for a lot of us, who does not want to have a fulfilling sex life? Right. Everybody wants that, right? Even mom and daddy and Even grandmama. Mom, I mean, that's how we got here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be here if our parents weren't doing what they were doing. Right. So at the end of the day, I tell people, you know, it's it's a mental block. And how you shut down that mental block is you have to work through it yeah. by deciding for yourself what your core values are and then saying, you know what? I want to have a fulfilling sex life. What does that look like to me? Exactly. Right. How do I put my sexual health first? How do I put my mental health first? How do I have a fulfilling sex life? Well, I have to break down those barriers of what I was once taught. Got you, got you, got you. And so as a psychiatrist, what inspired you to say, all right, I want to take I want to take this little curve here <laughs> and focus a little bit on sexology and uh, help uh, my patients navigate this you know, uh, space. You know, you're the first person to ask me that question. I've actually was a sex therapist first. A lot of people don't know wow. that. Yeah. I got my master's in human sexuality when I was like 23, 24. Gotcha. Had no clue about anything in right. life. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have no real experiences. Let me just start with that. But I was just interested because I felt in that space, it wasn't a lot of black women. Got you. All the individuals that I was studying under all the professionals, I've done work with Gatman Institute. I've done work with uh, sexual medicine. Um, I've done so much research. And I realized, I said, wait a second, there's not people that look like me in this space. Right. So who's providing them with this knowledge? Yeah. I want to provide them with the knowledge. Right. And I knew that I was really interested in tying in mental health and sexual health. Yep. And I was really interested in teaching, properly teaching the youth about sexual health. Because as you know, here in Georgia, there's no really sexual health programs anymore. Yep. And I'm a little, I'm a little older. So when I was in elementary and middle school, we were learning, we had sexual health still. Yeah. Now it's pretty much non-existent depending on where you live. And so that's something Which that- Which is odd because they're teaching kids about gender roles and right. gender identity. Exactly. There's no sexual education. Exactly. Which is crazy to me. This is crazy. It is. It is absolutely crazy. Gotcha. All right. Question. Now, asking for a friend. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> What are some of the things that come up typically uh, in terms of issues in partner relationships, both from the woman's standpoint and the man's standpoint? Ooh, some common themes. Question. So, you know, women and men, we want two different things in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. The number one thing I hear from the men, single men and married men, is typically that they're not getting enough sex. Okay. From the women, they're not getting any orgasms and they're not getting intimacy and foreplay. Okay. And that comes, I think, a lot from a lack of understanding. Men not knowing women's bodies, women not knowing men's bodies. But I will say women are a little bit better at anatomy than some of the men that I've met. And I, I, I will say that our anatomy is much more simpler. It is. You know, so it is. I think it is. it's much more simpler. Uh, and but that's also why it's so important for men to understand how complicated 
a woman's anatomy is, so it requires much work. And the work doesn't begin physical work. The work begins before that with exactly. intimacy. Intimacy, And I always believe that men are designing sex from a, a, a physical standpoint, and women's greatest desire is intimacy. Absolutely. And that feeds into her being able to enjoy sex. Exactly. And when you understand... What we talk about, excuse me, in our field is like pleasure mapping, right? Knowing certain points on your partner's body. Man, I wish we had a diagram. I would, you know what? I should have brought one. I am so sorry, y'all. Um, but I feel like that's really important because at the end of the day, you cannot please your partner if you don't know what your partner likes. Gotcha. And I see in a lot of relationships, it's about me, 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 me. Yeah. And you should put yourself first. But at the end of the day, if this is a person that you see longevity with, yeah. then you have to learn their body as well. And I think sometimes pride gets in the way for women and men. Yeah. Um, a lot of men be like, oh, I know I please her. And she over there looking yeah, I think a lot of women are stroking men's ego and don't know how to communicate. And that's why I tell them, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Let And there's a time and a place for everything, right? Absolutely. Like, let's use a little decorum here. Yeah. Um, so never do it in the bedroom. Always do it if you're out at an activity. Not around people, of course. You don't want to do it with your friends. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah. want to do it when you both just have a moment of you're just kind of free-flowing, you're calm, nothing crazy has happened, right? You want to wait to the right moment. Um, because this is a very sensitive topic for a it lot is. of people. And a lot of people have traumas that they haven't gotten therapy for and they haven't worked through, right? Yeah. And all of that can be brought up. And so I tell you know men and women, I say, you know, bring it up. Tell them, hey, listen, I love what we're doing. I love our connection. I love our sex. But could we try this? Yeah. Could we try, you know... You being blindfolded. Let's go to the sex store together. Yeah. Let's exchange checklists on what we like to do. Okay, gotcha. So that, you know, that's really important to have that conversation. I gotcha, gotcha. Now this is I'm gonna throw you off a little bit with this question. Today, when you hear about a lot of sexuality today, for a lot of people they say it's going overboard. Mm. With, the, with the with the level of nastiness that's happening today. No such thing. And, the, and that is that is the question I want to ask. Is no such thing. Is there a level that is gone that's going too far? I believe in having boundaries. I believe in having safe words. A yeah. safe word is where if you and your partner, let's Pineapple. say, exactly, <laughs> make it a color, a purple or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like there's no. You can never get too crazy in the bedroom if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, if you're not, then yes, it is going to seem far-fetched. It's going to seem crazy. But I feel like when you are open to having fun, safe fun, yeah. there's no such thing. All right. So it's just say, hey, just stay away from the butt. Right. <laughs> there you go. You got to have your limits. Everybody got to have their limits and boundaries and respect, you know, respect your partner. And got you're good. you, got go. you, got you. Well, you know me, I'm in this holistic space of things. So I'm always looking at things from multiple perspectives. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the opportunities I got, I got to live in India for a while. And while I was there, I got to study yoga and uh, meditation. And uh, one of the forms of yoga that I got to practice was Kundalini yoga. Mm -hmm. And they say that Kundalini energy is like a primal energy that represents the unmanifested, unmanifested power within us mm -hmm. that sort of starts at the base of the spine and rises through the chakras up mm -hmm. to the crown chakra. And I know that sounds really complicated, but we have this awakening mm -hmm. that could happen or when I say awakening, I mean this this enlightenment or this consciousness that we right. can feel that energy rolling through our yes. bodies. Yes. 
Now, what I'm thinking is, is that one of the things that I was taught when I was in India is that most people don't have the opportunity to experience this oh. Kundalini awakening because they haven't been healed in their, what is called the sacral chakra. Yes, yes. Okay, and your sacral chakra is connected to your uh, creativity. Mm-hmm. It's connected to your sensuality, your emotions, your pleasures, your desires. What is it that is causing so many of us to be damaged and experience so much trauma in the sacral chakra, in the areas of sexuality, those type of things. What is, what is what are you so, seeing that's happening? No one's ever asked me that question. Um, so one, I will say, let's start with the body, right? Yeah. The sex organ. I always compare it to for people. It's like the heart, right? You got to take care of your heart, yeah. right? Cardiovascular. You got to work out. You got to eat healthy. Well, if you look at the foods that we're eating today, right? Yeah. That's one that's blocking it, yep. right? A lot of high cholesterol, diabetes. You know, we have a lot of saturated fats. Yeah. Um, we're not eating enough fiber. We're not having good protein, um, alcoholism, you know, all of those different things. And then when you also look at, and a lot of the foods that we're eating too to go in, because food is just so important. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I look at when somebody comes into my office is their diet. Good. And they're so surprised because they're like, wait, you're a psychiatrist. You're like a drug pusher, right? <laughs> Yes and no, <laughs> um, only if you need it. Yeah. And so once we change your diet, I've seen a drastic change with a lot of my clients that I've had. Yeah. And so that's the first thing that's typically blocking it is their diet, gotcha. right? They have a very saturated, fatty diet. Yep. And then the next thing I'm looking at is, okay, let's look at your anxiety. Let's look at your depression, your, your stress. Where is it at? Because we all have it. But is it acute or is it chronic? Yeah. Because that's a huge difference. Yeah. So how can we assist you there? And sometimes I don't even like to prescribe medication for like antipsychotics and antidepressants because guess what? That also affects that. It does. People forget that, yes, medication is great, but a lot of times you're going to have a side effect. Yep. And we don't know what it is until we prescribe the medication. Yep. And then we have to either titrate or take you off or switch you to a different medication, right? And a lot of men, certain medications affect their um, penis. For a lot of women, they experience vaginal dryness. Yep. So then you have, so you have that mental block. You have that, um, what they're eating, the food, yep. and then the sexual block. Okay. Because people aren't also in tune with their bodies. That type of yoga that you've done, I've studied that before, and I haven't made my way over to India. Yeah. But I did it in London with somebody that was teaching a um, a Kama Sutra class. Got you. And we learned about mindfulness masturbation. Yeah. Which I was like, what? And it's very similar to what you learned with the yoga, yeah. with the stretching and the releasing of the body, mm-hmm. but you're just stretching different parts of your body. Yeah. Um, besides, you're just stretching the genitals as well. Yeah. And so the blood flow, right? So one of the things that you mentioned, the reason why people have that blockage too, is their blood flow is blocked. Why is their blood flow blocked? Because of the foods they're eating. Yeah. So it, it all it's it's like a circle. Yep. Almost if you think about it's it. It's a cycle. It's just a cycle. Yeah. And what role does I guess trauma in the form of molestation or, you know, um seeing something, witnessing something, how often are you seeing that? Because I saw a statistic that sixty percent of African American women uh have experienced some form of molestation. Yes. Yes. The numbers are high and I think I feel like black men, um, those numbers aren't accurate 
Um, I'm not sure what exactly the number is for black men, but it's lower than black women. But I feel like the only reason it's lower is because black men don't speak report it. Because don't speak of it and don't consider it molestation. Exactly, exactly. And we've all seen where celebrities have talked about, oh, I had sex at this age. And you're like, wait, that's really young. Yeah. How were you able to consent at 10 years old right. or 11 years old? And they're laughing about it. Um, and so that's trauma. Yeah. Because you could not have thought that that was a great experience that young. You don't, you don't even know your body that young. Yeah. So trauma has a lot to do with it because I think what happens in our community, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong. Let me make this disclaimer for people attack me. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with praying and going to church um, and believing that there's a higher power. But I think that you have to realize you can't pray away trauma. Yeah, you got to right? heal it. You actually have to heal it and you have to grow as a person and you have to actually take steps to heal yourself. And so I feel like a lot of times what happens is when women have experienced molestation or trauma and men as well, um, they repress it, meaning that they just allow it to kind of fester inside them. And then they're wondering why they're having a dysfunctional sex life or they're wondering why they always crave lots of sex. And then even though they're craving lots of sex, it's it's not the type of sex that's healthy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not having an actual connection with somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just trying to fill a void. Yeah. And so then that sort of creates the idea that I share with people is that our traumas live in our bodies. Yes. Oh, and yes. So if you have an issue where, you know, you've been molested or maybe you felt a situation where you had sex with somebody who you thought later, maybe I shouldn't have had sex with them. Or you just felt like at the end, I felt like garbage mm-hmm. at the end of it. A lot of times that trauma can live in the body. And so yes. when you have this type of trauma, it can live in the sex. Oh, yeah. Sex organs. is an energy exchange. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. Like, that's why it's crazy to me. I'm all for, you know, having fun and living life how you see fit. But if you think about it, if you're engaging in sexual activity with multiple different energies, you're not always going to have good energy with people. Right. And that's why I ask people, I'm like, do you feel drained after you have sex? Yeah. Do you feel de- have you ever felt depressed after you had sex? Okay. Because you just had sex with someone, I'm not going to say they're a demon, but you know. Maybe you, a vampire. Right. <laughs> you just had sex with someone that probably wasn't in a healed, growing space in their life. Yeah. Because honestly, after sex, yeah, you're going to feel a little bit tired, but you should feel energized within your soul. Okay. And that's how you know if you're having sex with the right or wrong person. Gotcha, how you gotcha. Feel afterwards. Man, I want to share these 10 surprising benefits of sex. Yes. Okay, okay. Release stress by releasing endorphins and other hormones that boost mood. Serotonin, dopamine, yes. There you go. Improves women's bladder control. The pelvic floor, yes. It yep. is it is amazing. And that's why ladies do your do your kegels, especially after you have a baby and even before you have a baby. A lot of women talk about they feel like after they had a baby you can throw a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, it's because your vagina is a muscle, ladies. Do those Kegels before you have the baby, after you have the baby. It's a muscle. Work that pelvic floor. And then you Mm. won't laugh and have a leakage. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Lowers blood pressure. Yes. Counts as exercise. Oh, heck yeah. You burn a lot of calories. (laughs) Reduces pain. Even vaginal stimulation without an orgasm has been shown to reduce back and leg pain and reduce menstrual cramps. They were saying, there was a study done by sexual health medicine, and they were saying that if you 
are experiencing something painful, like let's say you are getting stitches and you think about the person that you love, it reduces your pain tolerance by 25 to 35%. Oh, so we know where to put our thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> uh, improves sleep. Absolutely. Reduces stress and anxiety. Uh, creates a glowing younger skin. Can possibly reduce prostate cancer risks. And may delay menopause for women. Yes, those are all correct. Okay. Those so, are all correct. All right. Certified. Now Research with, has been done. With all of these benefits, why aren't more people having sex? And the reason why I'm asking is, you know, they say that 33% of men are sexless. Mm-hmm. I believe it. So I'm, uh, why aren't people who are actually married having sex? Having sex. So with marriage, I feel like it gets a little bit tricky, right? Because one like we talked a little bit about earlier, is that sense of routine is there. Yeah. Um, two, then you have kids, right? When you have kids in the mix, yeah. that, I, I mean, a lot of the couples that come to me that have children, their sex lives have declined significantly because of children. They're trying to figure out how to schedule it. Um, and then as women, we're tired, yeah. right? Because a lot of times, you know, even though I'm sure both parties are sharing you know, the household and the responsibilities, as women, you know, a lot of times kids want their mom yeah. more than anybody. And so what happens is with women, we're working, we're taking care of the kids, and we're trying to take care of our husbands or boyfriends. Yeah. And so I think that for women, sex has become lower on the list because it's like, well, I'm not even getting an orgasm. Yeah. So why would I put out tonight when I know, you know, that you're not going to take the time to actually please me? Gotcha. And I think for men, that's also frustrating because the men that come to me, they want to please their wives. Yeah. And I tell them, I say, listen, if you're looking at it from an educational standpoint, women and men have two different cycles when they have sex. Yeah. So women are acyclic, which means it takes more. We have a longer list of things that we need. We need intimacy. We need foreplay. We need candles. We need touch. We need that pleasure mapping. We need for you to tell us that we're beautiful. Yeah. It takes a woman, a woman almost 45 minutes to go through all that cycle. But y'all are done by then. Yeah. It really takes men. Maybe. The average man, <laughs> unless you're in top, tip-top peak shape, most men do not last more than 10 minutes. Really? And you guys don't need as much. Yeah, for sure. The, you 100%. know what I'm saying? Your pleasure cycle is a lot different. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I tell men, one of the things I teach them, I say, if you want to get laid tonight, here's what you need to do. You need to set the foundation in the morning. Yeah. You need to start texting your wife throughout the day. If she likes whatever your woman likes, tap into that. If she likes flowers, go ahead and send her some flowers. If she's a foodie like me, send her some food. Gotcha. When my man sends me some food, I'm like, oh, yes, yes, you get whatever. Because <laughs> okay. I love to eat. Okay. And some <laughs> so, points in. <laughs> yes. You guys, so you men know, you know who you're with, you know where the brownie points are. If she likes to shop, whatever she likes, go ahead and set that up for her. Gotcha. And then. Te little text messages throughout the day. Gotcha, gotcha. And how can we deepen our connection with our partners through sexuality? Ooh, that's such a good question. You know what? Let's take it back to the basics. Start with communication. Yeah. Building the trust. Um, intimacy is so important for women. I feel like we've gotten away from that. Yeah. You know, when's the last time you've had sex to music? You know, some um, Joe or something like that. Create you a know, playlist. Exact. Create a playlist. You know, go on walks together. Build back up that intimacy. Um, one of the exercises that I always love to give, it's my favorite one, and then I'll add a new one too, is when I'm trying to build intimacy in my couples, I have them sit 
the woman sit on top of the man, crisscross. They're facing each other, and they don't they're just in silence for like a minute. And I realized that eye contact is a very sexual thing for a lot of people. People cannot seem to lock in because it feels like you're looking into my soul. That's the whole point with your partner. That's gotcha. how you build that intimacy, right? With locking into each other. So, like you mentioned with the yoga, stretching. That's something amazing to do with one another, or even meditate. If you're not into stretching, yeah. meditate together. When's the last time you guys cooked together? Yeah. You know, and then kissing. Yeah. I feel like people, I know so many couples that will say they can have sex and not kiss. Wow. And I'm like, that's crazy. And they're together. So, you know, s- kissing one another and just kissing each other throughout each other's bodies is a great way to build up intimacy. And sometimes it doesn't even have to lead to anything. Like just practicing, just being present w- with one another, I think is so important. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, we're going to do a lightning round, and then we're going to get you out of here. Okay, thank you. Lightning round is, should a man always be the leader in the bedroom? No. Okay. Women, The women like to lead, too. I think we're just scared to lead. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. D- does she need to be given permission, or does there need to be communication? You know, ooh, that's a tricky one. I think it depends on your... You got to know your man. Because okay. a lot of men say that they want their woman to lead. They want... Men, ladies, men want you to initiate sex. They don't always want to initiate sex. I've yeah. learned that a lot. Um, so I think just as a woman putting on some sexy lingerie, and he going to let you know if he, he want it or not. Men are visual creatures. Yeah. So at the end of the day- the lingerie is the initiation it is. for a man. It is. It is. <laughs> if you put on some lingerie, he going to want it. <laughs> All right, God. Next question. What are some things you've done to evolve your sexuality? <laughs> Everybody um, want to know what the doc is doing. <laughs> You know, that's a funny question because I don't usually talk about my own personal <laughs> life. Um, so I always get shy when people ask me that question. You know what? Um, one thing that I have done as a woman, and it's taken me a really long time to do, is just feeling confident within myself. Yeah. And really figuring out what my core values are as a woman and what I like in the bedroom and what I don't like. And being vocal about it too because, you know, I've had experiences where I wasn't vocal. Yeah. And then as I learned more about myself, I was like, you know what? I don't really like this. Yeah. Let me be vocal about it. And in a loving way. In a loving way, of course. And, you know, people will actually be like, oh, you know, I thought that's what all women liked. So I think when you're able to have those conversations, not only is it empowering um, and you feel a sense of confidence, but it's also, it feels sexy as a woman to be able to say, hey, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. And can you respect that? Gotcha, gotcha. Two tips for men on how to please their partners, two tips for women. Okay, so two tips for men. Um, Which one should I use? I'm trying to use something that's not as common. Um, one, I will say putting a pillow underneath her hips, um, right. Well, her lower back, um, is a great way to penetrate deeper. A lot of men, I think don't hit certain spots. They only know about the G spot. There's an A spot. There's a U spot. Um, tell them, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> now, I wish I would have brought my vagina to show you guys. Um, but definitely the pillow underneath, I think, is a great way to kind of enhance your sex life. And I actually have a couple of tips for the men. So I'm, I'm going to do more than two because yeah. I want them to also think about like their lifestyle. Gotcha. So that's the first thing. I want you to think about your lifestyle, what you like and what you don't like as far as in the bedroom and being vocal about that. Um, two, changing up your eating habits. If you have terrible eating habits, if you're realizing that you cannot last last longer than five minutes, you need to change your eating habits and exercise more. 100%. And then don't be afraid to use toys in the bedroom. Okay. 
Okay. Studies have shown that men and women using toys in the bedroom increases your sexual experience about 45%. Gotcha. So go feathers. to feathers, blindfolds, whips, whatever you're into, even if handcuffs. you're on the shy side, handcuffs, there's so many different things. Just going to the sex store with your partner can be such an amazing experience. Gotcha. And so pick out lingerie for your woman and just lay it on the bed. Gotcha. And then I think for women, oh, and men too, learning your woman's body is so important. Women like different things. And how you do that is like we talked about earlier, pleasure mapping. Just touch different areas. Have you ever touched behind the knee? I know that sounds crazy, but it is a spot for a lot of women that men don't know. Behind the ear and behind the knee is actually very sensitive for women. Gotcha. So now for the women, um, I would say one of the things that people don't talk about a lot when it comes to pleasing men, besides the pleasure mapping and knowing his spots, have you ever had a foot massage? Has yeah. a woman ever massaged your foot? Yeah. Doesn't that feel good? Love it. Doesn't it get you sexually aroused? It's like... Girl, what you doing? Exactly. <laughs> and a lot of women don't do it. And I actually learned that. Um, I take I love to take different sex classes from different cultures. And I learned that in the Asian culture, that's what they do to arouse their men. Uh, is and it also shows that submission too. You know, being down on your knees and massaging your men's foot. Or you can stay on the couch and massage it. Whatever works yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, and so what I would tell women is that. And then also when you are communicating with your man, you want to make sure that not only are you feeling like a safe space to him, but also making sure that you are communicating what your needs are. Because these men really don't know. They're a little bit lost. They're a little confused. Um, and so I think it's important that we start being a little bit more assertive yeah. about communicating our needs in the bedroom because men don't know what it takes to give us an orgasm, but you yeah. can teach them what it takes. Yeah. Show me how to love. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> and then the last one, last question of the day. If you rule the world, how would you improve our sexuality in our community? Ooh, if I ruled the world, how would I prove? I would have one big or I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, if I ruled the world, how would I? I, I think I would do that through education. Yeah. I would start from the basics, the basics of sex, yeah. because that's what we're missing. A lot of us don't have the basics. Gotcha, you know, gotcha. I still know grown men that don't know how to put on a condom. Yeah. You know, and you have women that don't know how to put on a condom. Gotcha. And you know, you we have a generation of individuals that are listening to this music that's like, oh, beat it up and this and that, which is great. Have rough sex. But let's bring back love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's bring back respecting each other. Let's bring back having communication. Make love great again. Exactly. Make love great again. I love, that should be your slogan. Make Man, I'm getting that hat. Right. <laughs> you should. <laughs> that, and that's honestly what we need. That's what I would do if I ruled the world. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Dr. Fuller, I have enjoyed this. Me too. I know Thank the people you. have too. Um, this is an important conversation because one of the number one reasons relationships, marriages fall apart is because we don't understand how to please each other. Yes. And uh, I hope that this message hits home with so many people who range from young people to the elderly because the yes. elderly are still getting busy. Oh, oh, the nursing homes? They actually, it's funny, a couple years ago they had a spike in STDs in the nursing homes because they were sneaking in each other's room and participating in sexual activities. So, and that's the funny thing. People think because when you get the older you get, your um your libido, your libido does diminish, but you craving sex does not diminish. Never. 
80-year-old men, they still want sex. That's why you have people like, who was it that just had a baby? Al Pacino, Robert De Niro? I, I believe One so, of them yeah. just had a baby at like 70-something. Yeah. So it's it's always, the urge is always going to be there for men and women. Yeah. So take these lessons that you guys, you learned today. And I hope you have enjoyed the episode. Tune in for our next one. And until the next time, peace and blessings and Godspeed.